Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome in to episode 19 today. We are so excited that you would join us for episode 19 today on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm excited to release a word today on this show. I know I've been doing a lot of preaching. We haven't done a lot of interviews lately, but we will get back to that soon, possibly even starting to do those uh, basically on a bi-weekly. So I might preach one week and then do an interview and talk recovery issues from week to week, but really have just felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to be on here preaching and reaching um, people with these messages that the Lord has laid on my heart for the show. Um, and so excited about that. Some of these are messages that the Lord delivered to me uh, last year, year before, or maybe even a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago. But they've just been words that I've really felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to release. And I have another one of those today. And I'm telling you, I was just looking over my notes before this thing. And, and uh, I, I'm telling you right now, this today is a message. Pay attention, please, today. Today is a message that can really help um, change your life or it can help keep you from going down a path of destruction or birthing something in your life that you have no business birthing. Amen. And so uh, this could be a game changer for you if you'll get this word and apply it to your life, especially young people. Um, You know, if, if you can get this early on. I think it will be something that will keep you from a lot of heartache and a lot of pain and a lot of struggle and a lot of mess. Amen. So let's jump right into this thing today. The title of today's message, the title to today's episode is what God does not authorize. He will not recognize. Let me say that again. What God does not authorize. He does not recognize. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are going into um, Genesis with the birth of Ishmael. Starting here in verse one, it says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai and Abram, so Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. Hmm. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began, when when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarai with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. Really? You're the one that this was your idea. (laughs) The Lord will show you who's wrong, you or me, she says to him. And Abram replied, look, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness Along the road to Shur, the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? 
I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard the cry of your distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. He will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, I have I truly seen the one who sees me. So that well was named Beer La Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Berai. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when he was born. Skipping over to where Abram's faith is tested, Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. His name is changed now. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would help me to preach this word, Lord God, that it would reach the hearts and the ears of your people, and that it would help them, that it would change them, that it would challenge them, and they would know you and your heart on a greater level after today, after listening to today's show. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for everything that you're doing through this show and through the ministry, Lord God. We honor you. We love you. Thank you for what you're doing in the earth. Lord God, it is an honor just to be a vessel used by you. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. So have you guys ever met someone who just loves to take matters into their own hands? (laughs) That might, that might be us, right? Are you that person? Are you that person that usually tries to take matters into their own hands? All the husbands out there listening said amen, right? Because usually us men are guilty of this, but I think we all have a tendency to have this type of attitude when it comes to life and our day-to-day activities. You know, have you ever heard someone say or found yourself saying, well, if you want to get anything done, you got to get it done yourself I can almost guarantee that all of us in the room or all of us listening today have been guilty of this because that's how we are as human beings we react this way when we're not walking in the spirit or let's be honest getting things in the time frame that we think that we should get them Mm -mm -mm. do you recognize what Sarai has done in this moment Her and Abram have been given the promise of a child 10 years before, and after some time, Sarai becomes frustrated in her season of waiting and decides she wants to take matters and things into her own hands. She has this brilliant idea of, let me give my husband another wife and she can bear the child that I'm promised to give birth to. Let me take matters into my own hands. I've been waiting 10 years now on the promise of God. It's been a long time, Abram. We got to make this happen. We, we're going to help the Lord today. Uh huh. I know he's got a plan for our lives. I know he has a plan for our kids and our grandkids. But, you know, let's take this 
into our own hands. He's taken too long. Maybe he's forgot about us. Maybe he just changed his mind. Maybe he isn't going to do what he said he's going to do. We're too old. This is impossible. We need to take matters into our own hands. And can I help Sarai out this morning, or if you're feeling that way this morning, that your father is a way maker, that her father is a way maker. He's a miracle worker, and he is a promise keeper. If he said it, he'll do it. Heck, if he thinks it, it will come to pass. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the one who said, let there be light that come flying out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second. He's the one who calls the stars out by name every night. Come on, somebody. He's the one who got to plan with mud one day, breathed on it, and it became a living thing. He is God, and if he said it, he will do it. Can I help you out this morning also if you are forgotten? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he said it, he'll do it. Hold on to the promises of God. Don't give up and don't get ahead of him. Don't get ahead of him and start thinking or trying to take matters into your own hands. What will wind up happening is you're going to birth an Ishmael in your life. My goodness, this is a word today. Please get a hold of this, listeners, today. When you take things into your own hands, you will birth an Ishmael in your life. You're going to birth something that is full of destruction and chaos. You'll birth something that's wild and untamed. You'll birth something that is out of man's power instead of the supernatural power of God. You'll birth something that wants to fight against everyone, and everyone and everything wants to fight against it. What you will birth will be an open hostility to the promise and the plan of God on your life. Come on, man, that's some good preaching right there. God promised you the promotion at work. Good, don't get ahead of God. And when you're passed up a time or two and try to get cute and go get a new job and end up fired in a week, now you're sitting there scratching your head wondering what happened. Well, you wasn't supposed to be there in the first place, right? Young and single folks listening to the show today, pay attention. God has promised you a godly partner who loves the Lord to bear you children and to start a family with. And you out here dating folks that haven't been to church or opened their Bible in six months or for period for that matter. I mean, come on, wondering why your date life is such a mess and your, your relationships are such a mess. You better be careful not to birth an Ishmael. Did you notice what Sarai did in verse 2 and 5? In verse 2, she blames God for having prevented her from having a child. And in verse 5, she looks at Abram and says, this is your fault. Blaming God and pointing fingers at others is not what you do when you put yourself in this type of position. It's not what you do when you put yourself in this type of position. What you do is repent and ask for forgiveness and move forward. By the way, ladies. Abram isn't getting off scot-free in this message either. Don't worry, I'm fixing to get on him because the scripture says that Abram agreed with her proposal and went into Hagar and she got pregnant. Abram is supposed to be the man of his household standing up for righteousness. What he should have said is, woman, go ahead and sit down somewhere. I love you, honey. I respect you and I honor you, but we're going to wait on the promise and the plan and the purposes of God. That right there will preach, husbands. Sometimes you might have to tell your wife to sit down, honey. I respect you. I love love you but we're gonna wait on the promise of God wives sometimes you might have to tell your husband that I need you to sit down honey I respect you I love you I honor you but we ain't getting ahead of God we're gonna wait on the promise of God we're gonna see the purpose and the promises and the plans of God fulfilled instead we have 
Abram and Sarai reverting all the way back to the garden. The woman falls in sin, drags her husband into it with her, and he isn't man enough to stand up and take responsibility. That she, he should have been leading the whole time, so this wasn't even an option. Church family, when we birth little Ishmael's in our lives, it stems from a lack of trust, and you revert all the way to what happened back in the garden. We are not trusting in the fact of what God has asked us to do or we are not patient with him or what he's asked us to walk in obedience to if we're doing so. This is a trust issue. When you birth Ishmael's, you have a trust issue with God. Let me show you what else birthing an Ishmael does. By the way, when I say birthing an Ishmael, look at it as being out of the will of God and taking matters into your own hands. Every time you hear me say that today, I want you to think of that as being out of the will of God and taking matters into your own hands. But I want to show you a couple of things real quick about birthing Ishmael's. Number one, we don't see Hagar anywhere in the text signing up for this. Lord, help me. Other people are affected when you do this. It was Sarai's clever idea to do this. And this poor girl gets dragged into this. She is a slave and is required to do what her masters ask of her. By the way, slavery in Jewish culture is different from what you have in mind in American history. She worked for them and they took care of her and provided for her. Abram and Sarai were very rich people. Study your Bible. Hagar and Ishmael. I feel for you. Hagar and Ishmael, I feel for it. They got a bad rap sometimes. But if you pay attention to the neck to the text, their petitions and prayers are heard by God. And he says a great nation will come for you. God blesses them, although it's going to be a hard life. You understand that's one of the main things you do and you bring upon yourself when you birth an Ishmael. You simply make things harder than they have to be. By the way, great nation, there is meaning a large in number, not a great nation as in a good people or people that God you know, has has huge plans for. He's talking about a great nation numerically. So let me break down for you so you can understand a little better. Let me break this down a little better. When you take matters into your own hands and birth Ishmael's, you affect others around you and quite possibly generations behind you. Mm -mm -mm. Man, this thing is important. You better get this today. When you take matters into your own hands and you birth Ishmael's, you affect others around you and quite possibly generations behind you. Do you understand who the descendants of Ishmael are today? They are the Muslim Arabs in that corner of the world. And the curse that was on Ishmael's life is still on theirs. What did the word say? He said you would be a wild and untamed Man and his fist would be against everyone and everyone's fist against his. This thing is generational, y'all. Do your kids see you trying to get ahead of God or walking in the promise? Number two, the second thing here, when you get ahead of God, you'll despise your master. Mm. When you birth an Ishmael in your life by taking matters into your own hands, you despise your master. For Hagar, it was Sarai. For you, it's God the Father. Look what happens. Sarai blames God first for her predicament, then her husband. When you birth Ishmael's in your life, the first thing people want to do is blame God, then ask where he's at. Come on, man. Or the next is, is blame others around. I'm here to encourage you this today. The, the text here is not for you to make an excuse and try to relate to. It's, try, it's there for you to try to learn from. 
it's there so you don't reproduce it in your life. Y'all ever met people like this? Someone who is always getting ahead of God and trying to muster something up. People who despise what God calls process, which is really preparation so that you can handle what he's trying to give you. Just got the job a couple months ago. Wondering why they aren't the manager yet and complaining every th- about everything at work. That's exactly why you aren't the manager yet, because you have a sense of entitlement and aren't ready and willing to go through the process, a.k.a. the preparation for the position. Man, come on, man. I'm going to help you all today. I'm going to help you all today. I said it's because you have a sense of entitlement and aren't ready and willing to go through the process, a.k.a. the preparation for the position. Well, I thought God would have me running this place by now. It's Susie's fault. She's always here 10 minutes early and sucking up to the boss, and that's why she got the position. Would you stop it already? No, she got the position the position, because she has willing to go through the process and has accepted the preparation season so she could step into the position. Can I talk about that for just a second? Do y'all remember the text in Genesis 12 where God calls out Abraham and he says, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. That's why when I find a man or a woman of God that's blessed, I'm trying to bless them even more. I don't care if it's financially buying them a meal or if it's just with my tongue. I'm going to bless that person because it's a biblical principle. God will bless those who bless the blessed and he will curse those who. Who cursed the blessed? It's a biblical principle. I was just talking to Pastor Jason Dodrell about this today. I was texting him. We was going back and forth talking about favor and some things. And and man, I'm telling y'all, this is a principle. This is a kingdom principle. You know, some some of us can't get a breakthrough because we won't celebrate nobody else. Come on. <laughs> some of y'all and get no breakthrough because you won't you won't celebrate nobody else all year round you look like the grinch at christmas time when people around you getting blessed let me tell you something right now the worst thing you can do when you see somebody has favor and is blessed is to curse them the bible says i'll curse those that curse you and i will bless those that bless you man i could preach that that's a whole i could preach that whole thing on a, on an episode but i'm gonna move on Third thing here that can happen, it can make others around you and yourself even flee from the master's presence. Come on, man. As Hagar did. Hagar did this once the master dealt with her for her attitude and contempt. You know, unfortunately, this is one of the most frequent frequent things that I see in the body of Christ. No one wants to submit to spiritual authority or spiritual correction anymore. As soon as it happens, everybody wants to run and flee. And what happens is like, Hagar, you wind up in the wilderness. Well, the pastor corrected me. I think it's time for me to move churches and Bible studies. And and this just doesn't happen when pastors or spiritual leaders correct either. I've seen so many people turn their back on the Lord simply because of a correction the Lord puts on them about something in their life. And they flee the master's presence. As Hagar did what you know, here's what you mean. I can't sleep with my my girlfriend according to the word of God and inherit the kingdom. You mean I can't live a homosexual lifestyle and inherit the kingdom. You mean I'm supposed to tithe and give offerings and and to be a part of the kingdom and and for God to bless me. You mean I, I can't steal anymore. I can't be a drunk. I'm supposed to be honest. I'm supposed to be humble and not walk in pride. And then all of a sudden they just don't know if this Jesus thing is for them anymore. 
turn their back just because the word of God corrects them. They'll turn their back on the Lord. Let me help us with a biblical example. Who remembers the story of the rich young ruler? He's living right, following the commandments. He asked Jesus, what else must I do? And he answers them and tells them to sell all his possessions. Why? Because Jesus understood he just, just he didn't just own stuff, but that the stuff owned him. The Bible says he turned his back on Jesus and went away sad because he had much wealth. He fled from the master's presence. When you're out of the will of God and you know it, you don't want to be in his presence. Moving on to one of my last points, I want to show you. And it's this, it's the title of the message. What God does not authorize, he does not recognize. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac. Definition of recognize here, acknowledge the existence, validity, or legality of, come on, 100% of the time when you take things into your own hands and you get out of the will of God, the thing that you will birth in your rebellion, he does not recognize, validify, or acknowledge. If you don't hear anything else I said today, hear that 100% of the time when you take things into your own hands and get out of the will of God, the thing that you birth in your rebellion, he doesn't recognize, validify, or acknowledge. It is illegal in his kingdom. Why? Because it is illegal for you to have it in your life and you to be a part of it. By the way, the kingdom isn't a far off place or, or this far off thing. What is the kingdom? It's, it's an extension of his rule so that it can be on earth as it is in heaven. But back back to my point, if you're spinning in circles, asking God over and over again to recognize and acknowledge your situation and you're asking him to turn it around and bless it when it's only been cursed, it's a telltale sign that you might be out of the will of God and have gotten ahead of him. You say, why and how do you know that, Caleb? Well, I know that because the scripture where Jesus says, if you wicked people know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give you good gifts? You're not an orphan. And my father takes care of his children. And when there is a need and you're in his will, he will open the windows of heaven and push back hell and every demon on the earth if he needs to shift something in one of his children's life. That's how I know that statement to be true. Because scripture tells us if God knows how to give good gifts, God, that, that God knows how to give good gifts. If wicked people know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts? And he will open the windows of heaven. He'll push back hell and every demon on the earth if he needs to shift something in your life if you're in his will. Here's my last and final point here today. Do you want to burst something? This is powerful. Watch this. Do you want to burst something natural or super? Or do you want to burst something supernatural in your life? Definition of super is very good or pleasant or excellent. Definition of supernatural is, watch this, of a manifestation or event. Attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. Can I just be completely honest with you? It was still super when Abraham had Ishmael. You want to know why? Because he was 86. 
but it wasn't supernatural. It wasn't the supernatural birth that was supposed to take place. It wasn't the supernatural blessing that was supposed to take place. It wasn't the supernatural purpose and calling that, that was taking place. It was cool and all, but it wasn't supernatural. My question to you today is, do you want to just do something super, super or something cool? Or do you want to birth something supernatural in the earth that leaves a legacy for Jesus in your family, in your workplace or in your school? And or in Walmart for crying out loud. Do you want something supernatural for the kingdom of God? Do you want to birth something supernatural for the kingdom of God? Let me break it down in a real practical way for you like this. Me getting a job when I came home from Teen Challenge was cool and it was a super thing because I'm a convicted drug felon. It's hard to get a job. It was also cool that when I started out, I started out making 200 bucks a week and then I was faithful with what God had called me to. And I held on to the promise that God had given me about working in faith based rehabilitation and that I would be a ministry and all of these things. And so I started out making 200 bucks a week and then I started making 400 bucks a week and then I started making 500 bucks a week. And then the Lord blessed me and I left that job making twenty thousand dollars a year to a job where I was making forty thousand dollars a year, another place where they don't don't hire convicted drug felons. But God also knew that I was holding on to the promise of working in the recovery community and that's why he sent me home in the first place and I stayed faithful to the promise and when God placed me there it wasn't just super he did something supernatural because my first job in the recovery community was for drug court as a convicted drug felon that ain't super or cool baby that's supernatural because I wasn't smart enough I wasn't sharp enough I didn't have the degree that I was supposed to have but when God gets ready to burst something in something on the inside of you and you've been faithful to the promise Promise, can't a man on earth or a devil in hell keep you from the assignment that God has for your life? Woo! That's preaching right there. That's some preaching. When you birth an Ishmael in your life, you carry the covenant of a slave because you're out of the will of God. Hagar was a slave that they picked up in Egypt operating in behavior. They had no business being engaged. By the way, Sarah, Sarai was acting as Abram's sister. Egypt was never meant to leave with them when they got there. Ask the children of Israel what taking Egypt will get you. It took a day to get out of Egypt and 40 years to get Egypt out of them. When you birth an Isaac in your life, you carry the covenant of freedom and blessing. Do you want to birth something and be in bondage to it or birth something and walk in the promises and the fullness and the blessing of God? When you begin to walk in the promise, you reverse the curse as well. Have you ever noticed, have you noticed today how I've been saying Abram and Sarai this entire message until we turn over to chapter 22? His name changed by chapter 22 and he is now Abraham because he is walking in the promise and has changed his whole identity and perspective. Not only how he sees himself, but how others see him, including God. God is the one who changed his name, but check it out. Do you remember in chapter 6 of Genesis where Noah gets off the ark, gets stupid, gets drunk, and sees his son, and his son sees his nakedness? His son's name is Ham, but Noah doesn't curse Ham. He curses Ham's son, Canaan. The generation behind him, where is it that Abraham is sent? Canaan. And then it becomes the promised land when it was cursed before. Do you see now why walking in the promise and being faithful to what God has called you to is so important? 
The reason why it's so important is because it affects generations behind you. You'll either bless that generation or you can curse that generation. Abraham reversed the curse in Canaan and it went from curse to a blessed land flowing with milk and hum, hum, milk and honey simply by walking in the promise and being faithful to what God had called him to. Last thing here and I'm done. When you gain the promise, do you have hold of the promise or does the promise have hold of you? Hence, Yahweh says, put it on the altar. If the promise has you 100% of the time, God will ask you to put it on the altar. What God does not authorize, he does not recognize. I want to pray with us today. Heavenly Father, help us to not birth Ishmael's in our life, but help us to birth the promises that you have impregnated us with. Father, help us to be the people and the children of God that you have called us to be. Help us to, to walk in the blessing and the promise and not walk in our own curse or out of the will of God. Father, forgive us in the areas that we have failed you. Lord, forgive us for birthing those little Ishmaels, whether it be a business, whether it be a relationship, whether it be anything that has us out of the will of God. Father, forgive us and restore us by your grace, your love, your mercy and your compassion. Lord, let this seed fall today on good soil. May this birth fruit that brings forth a hundredfold. Lord, we love you so much. It's in your precious son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen and amen. Hope you guys will join us next week on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.